Well, I, uh, I want to share with you this morning about a man that paved the way for us to be here today. Uh, I don't think we recognize the importance of this, this person to, to enable us to do what we do and to be, be called a, a Christian. Uh, I mean, we know about the disciples, and we hear the disciples and, and how they followed Jesus and were with Jesus for a period while Jesus was here uh, in his ministry time. Uh, we know about uh, last week, we learned about uh, the coming, the, the, the Pentecost, the coming of the Holy Spirit, the 120 that were gathered in the upper room, and, and how the Holy Spirit came down in tongues of fire and empowered them, and, and how, how with their empowerment of the Holy Spirit, they, they went and the, the, the church grew uh, just like wildfire. 300 that first day and just continue to grow and and spread across the the the, the known world and and the far reaches of the world that this this these christians these these christ followers began to just uh, begin to share their their experience with with the people around them we're on uh chapter 29 of the story we've been reading the story uh since august august we're nearing the end and i want to encourage you if you haven't been reading to get going and start reading and read chapter 29. We just have a few more chapters and we're, we're nearing the end. It, you will be blessed. I know you'll be blessed by reading this. But we are on chapter 29 and, and it's, it's one of the stories that I want to share with you today is, is conversion of what Miss Linda shared, conversion of Saul to become Paul. It, it's Saul, Paul, is, is one of those unlike, uh, unlikely candidates to be a Christian. Saul was a Jew. He was, he was a devout Jew. He was an extreme Jew. He was a Jew among Jews. He, he was ex- educated. Uh, he, was, he was a rising star in the religious establishment. He was a rock star. He was, he was to carry on the Jewish tradition. He was proud of who he was. He was proud of his Jewish heritage. And his Jewish heritage was found in the Jewish faith. And he was proud of that. And because of who he was as a, as a Jew... And as a devout religious Jew, he hated Christians. See, Christians were, were these followers of, of this Jesus dude. Jesus lived about five years earlier. Uh, he was crucified. And they all saw him be crucified. And, and for five years, give or take a year, uh, these, these, these Jews have been sharing their, this this. this falsehood that that jesus was the messiah and they they turned from their jewish faith and now they were beginning to follow this jesus guy claiming that he was the messiah so to to saw this was just an outrage it was it was sickening these to be a jew was to to follow the jewish faith and they were turning their backs on their jewish faith so it sickened paul he began to just do all that he could to destroy those Christ followers. The first we hear of Saul is when, when Stephen, this young man named Stephen, he was a devout Christian. He, 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 was, he, he was preaching the news of Jesus, the gospel of who, Jesus was the Messiah. And, and these religious leaders were, were extremely upset. They grabbed him, they pulled him out of town, and they began to stone him, and they stoned him to death. Saul was there. Saul actually gave approval and approved of, of Stephen's death, being stoned because he was preaching this message of, of Christ as the Messiah. 
after Stephen's death, there was, there was this great persecution of the Christians to find them out, to find all these Jews that were turning people away from the Jewish faith to become these Christ followers. In Acts chapter 8, we read this. Acts chapter 8, we read this. Saul began to destroy the church, going from house to house. Imagine this, going from house to house, dragging off both men and women and putting them into prison. Why was he putting them into prison? Because they were preaching this, this nonsense that, that Jesus was the Messiah. You see, God had other plans for Saul. He had chosen him, to, uh, though he was an unlikely candidate, to take this message of the gospel to share it through the ends of the world. So later, later Saul would even acknowledge, Paul would actually acknowledge that he was a very unlikely candidate. Uh, we read in, in uh, 1 Corinthians, he said this, Paul writes, For I am the least of the apostles, and I don't even deserve to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. See, Saul was, was determined to, uh, to exterminate, to, to completely wipe off the face of the world, Christianity. So he went to the high priest, the chief priest, the head of the Sanhedrin, and, and, and got their permission to go and to, to begin to persecute Christians, to find them out, to go door and door, and that's just what he was determined to do. So he took guards with him on the way to Damascus. You, you, you've heard this story before, but I want you to hear it with fresh eyes fresh ears see it in a new way today paul with guards were on the road to damascus and as he was nearing damascus this bright light just ah was so powerful that it, it 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 he fell to the ground and as paul was on the saul was on the ground he heard a voice that said saul saul why do you persecute me Saul said, uh, who is this? Whoa, what's going on here? The voice says, I'm Jesus, the one you're persecuting. Go to Damascus and wait for me to tell you what to do. The bright light disappeared. Now the guards, everybody heard what was going on. They didn't understand it, but they heard it. And so they helped Saul up to his feet and they, they helped him. He was blind now. He couldn't see, he was blinded. So they helped him all the way to Damascus, and there they, they put him in a room, and, and Saul waited there, uh, didn't eat, didn't drink for three days, couldn't see a thing for three days. While Saul was waiting there, Ananias, there was this, this, this disciple, this, this, this leader, a Christian leader that was in Damascus, surely he knew that, that Saul was on his way there to arrest him, to imprison him, and any of, of Christ's followers, any of uh, not Ananias' friends in, in Damascus. He knew that Saul was coming for him. Ananias had this vision. God came to him in a vision and said, Ananias, you must go to Saul and heal him. Ananias, whoa, 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 wait a second. God, you know, you know that that's a bad dude. You know that guy's coming after me. You know that he's coming after all your people. Whoa, 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 whoa. Surely you're wrong. God said, nope. I want you to do this. Saul had a vision as well that Ananias was going to come to him and heal him. So Ananias said to God, and in that vision, Ananias said, God, surely, surely you don't want me to heal Saul. I mean, as soon as he sees me, I'm going to be, I'm going to be imprisoned. But then God said this to, to, to Ananias. 
He said, go. This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. I want you to notice something here. It says, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the what? I didn't hear you. To what? Gentiles. Gentiles. I kind of had it as italicized there, right? Gentiles. I want you to realize this is my chosen instrument. God is speaking. This is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles. There's one word in this verse that is extremely important for us, and that's the word Gentiles. The Lord said, this is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles. See, that's a very significant shift. God, God is always going first to the Jews. Always. They are his chosen people, but they rejected him. So they remain his chosen people, but God said, all right, I'm going to open up the floodgates. And now I'm going to go beyond just to the Jews, to all the Gentiles. And for the Jews, the Gentiles were, were heathens. They were not Jews. They were not God's chosen people. They were heathens. So Ananias reluctantly went to go to, to Saul, and he reluctantly went to heal him. But he did as God asked, and he laid his hands on, on, on Saul and said, Jesus... Jesus sent me to heal you, and you're healed to see again and to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And as soon as Ananias spoke these words, Saul could see again. And, and, and Saul gave his life to Christ. He, he was baptized, and he, 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 he converted completely over to Christianity, and he, named his, he changed his name from Saul to Paul. Now, I hope you see the huge significance of this. Saul was, was, a, was a hated, despised Christianity. They were destroying the Jewish faith. All that he stood for as a human being to his core, he hated Christianity. Now, he's Paul. And he is fully immersed in this Christian faith. That's, it's a huge shift of dynamics. It's, it's a change of who he was as an individual. Paul is often referred to as the very first missionary. Paul finds himself in Antioch, which is 300 miles north of, uh, of Jerusalem. It's, 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 it's central, south-central Turkey. And from the church in Antioch, Paul was sent off with a man named Barabbas and, and on the first of three missionary journeys. And wherever Paul goes, he begins to establish churches. He begins to, to start churches in, in, in Gentile neighborhoods, in Gentile cities, not Jewish uh, areas. He went to... Uh, Ephesus, Corinth, Thessalonica, Philippi, only to just to name a few. Our best estimate is that he established at least 10 churches. At least 10. He also wrote somewhere between 13 and 14 of the 27 New Testament books. Why am I making this a big deal? Why is it important? Because we are indebted to Paul and what Paul did. And all of the 13 books that, that we know that Paul wrote were all to help us understand how to live out the Christian faith. 
the mission of, of Paul was to take the gospel to the Gentiles and to, to the rest of the world. And he writes these letters in order to, to help us understand what it means to be a Christian and how to live out our Christian faith. What an incredible journey Paul was on. See, what, what happened through the life of Paul was, has a huge impact upon us today. See, my first observation is this. My first observation is this. Unless I am wrong, um, I don't believe we have any uh, Jews in the congregation. We, none of you have ever identified yourself as having Jewish uh, uh, relatives in, in my memory we may have you may have Jewish blood in you but but most of you that I know uh, are, are not Jew uh, Jews um, therefore uh, you are a Gentile we have Gentile blood in us so therefore our bloods are is is Gentile how thankful am I today that the blood of Jesus Christ and the plan of God extends to us. That, that Jesus opened that door for more than just the Jews to be, be considered part of the family of God. I mean, where would we be today if, if the blood of Jesus Christ did not extend to us? However, in order for, us, for, for it to get to us, now think about this. For in order for us, for that message to get to us, it took a missionary. And Paul was that very first missionary who took the gospel beyond Judaism and brought it to, to those of us who would otherwise be, otherwise be just heathens. See, I'm thankful for, for Paul and Paul fulfilling his mission. But if you think about it, in order for the message to have traveled some uh, 2,000 years, for that message to have traveled thousands and thousands of miles... Uh, it took another missionary and another missionary and another missionary in order for that message, that gospel, that truth to be shared to us, to you and to me. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, think back to that person. There had to be one individual, at least one individual, that shared the good news of Jesus to you. There were individuals in your life that, that lived out that faith that so you remember, that you recall, that you want to be just like them because their faith meant something to them and you admired them, you respected them, and you wanted to be like them. For me, it was my mother. It was my Sunday school teachers, my youth leader. For me, for me, the, really, it was my mother and Sunday school teachers, but the, really, the ones that really stuck with me are the little ladies at the church that I grew up in. I often went to church without my parents. My parents would drop me off, and I would go to church. So the church didn't know me or my name. But I'm sure when I was doing stuff that I shouldn't have been doing, I remember running through the hallway, and, and a sweet little lady would stop me and say, Young man, stopped me from running said young man I am so glad that you're here this morning what is your name Roger Roger I see something special in you God's gonna use you in a beautiful way thank you for being here And you know what I'm sure every time I was doing something I shouldn't there was another little old lady coming up to me and thanking me for being there loving me 
and encouraging me. So every time I went to church, I was trying to be good because I wanted some little old lady to come up and, and say something to me. And I wanted to be, I want to be like them. I want to see those people that, that, that are desperate and hungry to share the gospel of Jesus with them. What about you? I mean, someone, someone spoke to you about, someone had the audacity to live out their faith and, and be different than the world. That, that stirred something within you to, to be like them. They had something you wanted. Someone shared, maybe it was a friend, maybe it was a neighbor, maybe it was a, a teacher, maybe, who knows? But somebody shared it with you. You saw something that you wanted to have. And I give praise to God for them. My first observation is that someone all the way from Paul has shared the message of Jesus Christ with someone else that has gotten to us. My second observation is this, that the, 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 books of, the book of Acts in the Bible is our story. It's our story. It, it, this is where we fit in to God's story. And I spoke to the seniors earlier this morning, but I mean, we need to understand that this is our story. This is where we start. This is it's in our hands. We are characters in God's story. It is our responsibility to be missionaries to the people around us and for the generation to come to the generation to come. These young men and women are about to, to start a new phase in their life. We have been a part of something beautiful in their lives. Communicating that love and, and, and providing opportunities for them to experience Christ and for God to speak to them. We have one that is you know, hopeful and considering going into the youth ministry. Give glory to God for that. We as a church have been a part of that. But it's, it's so much more than that. We have other generations. We have neighbors and friends that are desperate to hear that message. This, this, this story of Acts, the book of Acts, is our story. On one hand, you have the Acts of the Apostle. The other have the Acts of First Methodist Church. We have the same commission as those first Christians had to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. The mission of this church, of this church is to, to very simple. It's change lives, make a difference, to make disciples for the transformation of the world in, in, in Walker County. The, 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 the church in the book of Acts was, was alive because the power of the Holy Spirit was moving in them, in the early believers. You might not think that there's anything happening here, but I'll tell you that the Holy Spirit is moving in this church, in the lives of, of people here. You heard testimony from some of our graduating seniors, but this church is changing lives and making a difference. Uh, this, the story, sermon series, and the Bible study has made profound impacts on a number of people have come to me, and, and you've shared with me, and it's it made an impact in my life. I know that I can see there's a hunger and a thirst to know more about God's story, a longing for more of, of a deeper experience with God. Our scripture today, we, we see Paul had a part to play, and we do as well. Paul also knew where his strength came from, and we should as well. We are to yield to God's Spirit as it stirs within us. For the believer in Jesus Christ, this is the power source is from the Holy Spirit. 
the power to love our spouse, the power to love our neighbors, the power to love that kid that's running in the hallway and doing something they shouldn't be doing, the power and strength to, to get through a difficult situation with dignity, the power and the strength to come alongside of a friend or a stranger that's going through a tough time. And we must find the confidence to share the good news. Paul was an unlikely character. He was Saul. He was a persecutor of the church. But God said, you are the one I have chosen. So don't give me an excuse. You're not too old. You're not too young. You're not too uneducated in the Bible. Oh, God wants you to share your experience of how God has touched you. All God is wanting you to do is, is remember how that person touched you and long to be that person for someone else. Paul was given a specific mission to take the good news to the Gentiles. Paul's mission was to get the word to us and it worked. Now it's our mission to be a part of God's story, to spread the good news of his son Jesus Christ to those around us for the generations to come. Let's pray. Good and gracious God, we love you and we adore you. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Empower us to do your will. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Let the children of God say amen.